look, uh, I don't say this because I'm standing close to him, but I, I feel so blessed to be working with a man like this. Uh, and I say it from the bottom of my heart, you know, he's been a mentor and God has used him in many ways to be a blessing just to me as a person. And I know his heart. He loves God's people. What he's doing, he just does it out of the love of God for us. Just pray that God will use him today to speak a word to you. A fresh word. Fresh bread from heaven. You know. And while you're praying for him, pray for yourself. Ask that you'll be open to receive the word that God brings through him to you. That you will not resist the word of God. That you will not pick and choose what is nice. But you will take it all from the presence of God. And that the word of God will transform you. Lord, we just want to thank you, Lord, for your servant. Thank you, Lord. Use him today and just we receive from his spirit, O oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. I must admit, this church makes it easy for me to <laughs> do this. It really is. I love the team that we have around about us. And every one of you are a blessing to me as much as I hope I am to you. Um, and I really, I know all the parents are going out, so I'll get this for the parents. But really, for parents, what I just said about reaching out to the Lord in these holy moments, I just trust that we would teach our children to do exactly the same thing. That actually we don't just see it as our own thing. I mean, part of the reason why we have children in the service together when we're worshiping is so that they can learn from us. Um, that they're not just sort of somewhere else, somebody else teaching them that we model, that we can talk to them. And I trust that that's what you would do with your children, is that you talk to them. That you, The Bible speaks in, in Deuteronomy, I think it's Deuteronomy 6, it speaks about how we actually educate our children in the ways of the Lord. And it's, it's something that we do all the time, daily. And we just speak with them as we go to drop them off at school, as we go to have lunch with them, as we go, wherever it is, it's an opportunity. But this holy moment is an opportunity for them. And we need to teach them to actually trust God for things that they, tr that they are uh, you know, trusting God for. Very, very, very crucial. Um, so I know that there's a number of parents that are not here. So you just pass that on to them when they come back in. Say, Kirk said something. You need to take heed. Amen. All right. So today, um, we're up there. So today, I want to speak about something. And I know when, when we see a title like that, Let God Be the Judge, uh, um, immediately we start thinking, okay, here we go. Maybe if we've been judgmental, then this is going to be for us. And, and actually, this came about because of something that really... I think God was speaking to me, but it wasn't speaking. I felt it was for our church. One of the greatest internal difficulties that one faces as a Christian is to actually be able to stand on the side of God, the great judge, and not become judgmental and take the place of the judge. That's probably the most difficult thing to do, is to actually be a person that is for God the great judge, but yet not take the place of the great judge. It's a difficult thing to do. And I think Christians in themselves struggle with this all the time. All right? We should be clad and welcome rejection and persecution if we stand on the side of the great judge. And certainly we will be rejected. That will take place if we stand on his side. But we also don't want to be rejected because we have taken the place of the judge and become the judge, and then people reject you, and you think, well, this is rejection because, <laughs> because I'm standing on the side of the judge. We need to be able to learn the difference. And the difference is most markedly important, perhaps one of the most important things of not taking the place of the judge because it is, has the most profound effect on the relationships we have with one another and the relationships we have with other people. So it is a very important, I believe is a very important message this, all right? How do we remain committed to preaching righteousness without becoming self-righteous? How do we remain committed to preaching the condemnation of sin and at the same time teaching people that there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus? 
How do we remain committed to preaching the legality of covenant requirement without becoming legalistic? And those are very real questions that all of us will face throughout our life as a Christian. And Jesus, we know, confronted that particularly in the religious people of his day. And it seemed like that the religious leaders of that day were pretty prone to actually getting this specific thing wrong. And that getting that thing wrong put them in the position where they found it very difficult to actually have relationship with people that were sinners. Because of this thing. So it is something that I don't, I want to, I feel like the Lord's wanting us to be enlightened by rather than actually judged by. In other words, that's what I really felt in, in thinking about it today. On the one hand, we don't want to become so accepting that people give, are given the impression that anything goes. But on the other hand, we don't want to be so judgmental that people can't even approach us. We are also faced with a world that continually accuses the church of being judgmental, so we become very sensitive in this specific area of judgment. And let me tell you, that's a strategy of the enemy. And I, and I, and I want to say as well that any person that, uh, that has taken up the lament of the unbeliever that says the church is very judgmental, by the very mere fact that you've actually done that, you have become the judge. Whenever we speak about the church in a negative form, we have become the judge and judgmental. And it's a funny thing because a lot of people that accuse the church of being judgmental don't understand the very act in which they are participating by saying that they have become judgmental. But it seems okay for people to judge the church. And call it judgmental without reflecting on their own judgmentality, if you could call it such a word. We are also faced with a world that continues, as I said, continues. So we are going to have to go through the scripture and try to help us with this difficulty. Because I feel like it has a very profound effect on our relationships. Those relationships that, and, and I think that relationship, for me, relationship with God and relationship with one another is the most uh, important aspect of actually being a believer. So let's read Matthew 7 and verse 1 to 5. It says this, Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck in, of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. In this scripture we see that there is a consequence when we do judge. And unfortunately when we take the place of God and judge people, we fall under the same judgment that we are meeting out. You know that. So when we judge, we place ourselves in a position where we are judged. And, and, and one of the things that I felt very, very importantly in this to help us, and I, and I really mean that to help us, not to condemn us, I really feel that, is that some of us are bound in self-condemnation because we have pronounced judgment over others. And condemnation is a killer, particularly when it comes to relationships. So our relationships can be soured because we've placed these judgments. And many of us that are suffering from condemnation, feeling judged, and we think, well, the, how do I get away from it? And lot, we try the world's way, and the world says, well, I don't want to be under judgment, all right? And they try to sort of exercise. I'm not going to be judged. I want to feel judged. But they feel the sense of condemnation because they have judged. As soon as you judge, the only way to release yourself is to stop judging. It's the only way. You will not continue in judgment and remain free of feeling judged. You know that. It's a profound thing. All right? It's a both spiritual and psychological thing. 
So it's not just one thing or the other. So it's not just a, spirit thing, a spiritual thing where I say, if I judge somebody, then it's a demonic power that overtakes me. Yes, there is a demonic force that comes in in that place. But there is also a psychological component. And what I mean by that is that actually when we have placed judgment on somebody else, we ourselves start to judge ourselves because we're standing in judgment. So, if you're feeling condemnation, ask yourself, have I been judging others? First thing. And that's what we want. I, would I want everybody to be free of condemnation because when we walk free, it's a great thing. And hopefully by the end of today, that's what will happen. So from the simplest thing to the most important things, so judgment takes many forms from the simplest thing. So here's a simple example. If I, if I judge someone by the way that they look, I automatically judge myself on the way that I look. So that's is a spiritual component. That's a psychological component. So if I'm always picking out, oh, that person wears this, or they do this, or they look like this, or that, it's a very simple thing. Immediately what's happening within you internally is your internal sense of judgment is judging yourself. Because when you look in the mirror, you say, oh, I look like this. I don't look nice. I don't really measure up to what I'm supposed to be measured up to. I look ugly. I look wrong. I look. That's what starts to happen because we've meted it out on somebody else. So you can't get away from it. That's just a simple example of how judgment works. All right? But then there is the more serious aspect. If I judge another's righteousness, I can become self-righteous, but also bound by legalistic pursuit. And that's what happened in the early church. It lost the early church, but it happened with the Jews. And what Paul was fighting against, that he had become so used to, pointing out what sin was, that he was pursuing, pursuing being perfect in himself all the time, legalistic pursuit. And that thing is a terrible, terrible killer. It really, really binds us. And that's what Paul speaks about throughout the New Testament when he's speaking about this specific thing. And so we have to be very, very careful of it because it has a profound effect on our relationships. Profound effect. And I'm going to teach you how to do it in the right way. So hang on to your seats. But my goal and my aim is that it doesn't bind us. Because to be in the place of a judge is no place to be. It's a great weight that we want to, we want to get out of. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 3. Um, in the scripture it says, and Paul is saying this, but this is the scripture. This is the Holy Spirit saying this as if, if we were in that place. It says that I care very little if I'm judged by you or by any human court. Indeed, indeed I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Here Paul is, is and, and, and we should be putting ourselves in that same position. I care very little if somebody judges me. I don't even judge myself. Right? doesn't make him innocent. So that's what the Holy Spirit is trying to communicate. While Paul was saying this, we mustn't like read it. Well, this is Paul. This is actually the Scripture. This is what the Holy Spirit is trying to highlight something here. So the Scripture here teaches us that it is important if someone judges, it is unimportant if someone judges us, and that we should not even judge ourselves. This is a lot more difficult than you actually think. Very difficult, in fact. Every time you call yourself an idiot or stupid, you've taken the place of God over your own life. Do you know that? And I know this because we have done it often, haven't we? You do something, and guess what you say to yourself when you haven't done it the way you're supposed to? You're such an idiot. Now, God doesn't even give us that leeway. Because our life belongs to Him, the judge. It doesn't belong to us. So by us doing that, we're actually pronouncing a judgment. On ourselves. You see, if we are to remove judgment from our life, that includes the judgment of self. And I can guarantee you, if you're judging yourself, then you certainly will be judging others. 
It will be very difficult for you to say, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Because all the time you'll be thinking about all your failings. And how you need to make them better. How do I need to get better? And all of it is to climb a ladder so that you can put yourself outside of that aspect of judgment. And that's why Paul very, goes in here very clearly to say, I care very little if somebody judges me. I don't even judge myself. Profound. Hope you get that. But as it, sees here, as it says here, just because we remove judgment from our life does not make us innocent. See? doesn't make us innocent. 1 Corinthians 11.31 says, For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Now this word is different because it actually is not... The, the judgment it's speaking about when it says judge is actually something that is a legal term that is to defame somebody. That's the one aspect of judgment. This judgment that it's speaking about here is to discern sin. It's different. And so there is this aspect that we aren't innocent and that we need to discern sin and ask God. And that's what David says in the Psalms. He says, Lord, reveal to me if there's any hidden sin, any hidden er erroneous way in my life. And that's what we should be praying all the time. Lord, show me if there's something that you want to deal with in my life. But that's different to judging yourself. To judge yourself is to put yourself in a position where you start to defame yourself or defame somebody else. And that's God hasn't called us to do. So we are to examine ourselves under the Holy Spirit to see if there is any sin within us that we can please the Lord. And that's the objective is we want to please Him. And it's not pronouncing a judgment over ourselves. And that's what God wants. So we have to be very careful of self-judgment. Because if you're doing it to yourself, you're doing it to others. Now, James 4, 11 to 12 says, Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you're not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? So here's the great clue as to whether we are judging somebody or not, or judging even ourselves or not, all right? Slander is the clue in recognizing judgment. Slander is the clue, all right? And basically, the judgment it's speaking about here is a defamer or incriminator. That's basically the word that is used. Bring a person low or make them look bad in a court of opinion. That's what it means. So when somebody is, uh, when you speak about somebody to somebody and what is left in the eyes of the person that you've just spoken about. So if I speak about uh, Mr. Smith over there um, to my wife or to somebody, what is their opinion of that person? Is it lower or is it higher? If it's lower, then guess what? You've judged them. You see, slander is the indicator. Because judgment has to get out of your mouth. Now, it, it can be in your heart, and, but if it's in your heart, keep it there and deal with it. But certainly, judgment is a way of coming out, and it comes out in the form of slander. All right? And so we have to be very careful. That tells us. Um, also, just because... you. Uh, uh, it's your spouse that you've spoken to, doesn't make it less than slander. You know, we sometimes give ourselves a free, a free pass in this area. And, and, and again, I'm not wanting to highlight it as, oh, stop judging, because that's not my objective. But it is to sort of highlight that recognition of it so you can be free of being in the judgment seat. A lot of times we do. We, we think it's okay to speak to my spouse about somebody because it's my spouse. We are one, obviously. But is it really? You see, you're just giving vent to judgment. And judgment has an exacting price on you when you do it. It's an exacting price. It's terrible. I find that you communicate with a person directly... You act, the chance of you actually judging them decreases dramatically. 
So let's say, for instance, if there is a problem with somebody or you feel that somebody is not doing what they're supposed to be doing, whatever it is, and you speak to them directly, the chances are, once you've spoken to them, that you won't judge them. It increases substantially the, the, the fact that you will not usually judge them. But most of us, when we're judging people, it's never to their face. We never do it to their face. We smile to their face. We greet them on a Sunday, it's a smile. Oh, how are you doing? Oh, it's fantastic to see you. You're wonderful. <laughs> no, it's the truth, isn't it? Come on, guys. You're as, as, we're all sinners. And we've all done it. You know. We greet one another with smiles, but in our hearts is their judgment. You must ask yourself that question. because, and, and again, I say this because it has a profound effect on our relationships. And it has a most profound effect on your joy and happiness in life. Most profound. And that's my objective. Is I want to get you to the place where joy is the, is the goal. That's the goal. And freedom. And release. All right? Freedom and release. But that's how you recognize it. It's easy to recognize it. And, and, and we need to help one another. I, I mean, I know how the, the Bible, the Proverbs, says this. That, that um, well, it doesn't say slander. A gossip. It says gossip is like a choice morsel. It goes down into the innermost being. We love it. Why do, you think, why do you think that when news people speak about people, why it sells so well? Why do you think? It's a terrible thing. I mean, our politics, is, to me, has become disastrous because it's all about pulling people down. And it doesn't matter what your position is. I think it's the worst type of playing politics that there is. Even if, if you believe in a certain party. I hate the idea that the only way that they actually can uh, try to win is to defame the person that they try to win against. It's terrible. But that is the world. But let us not be like that because it's a terrible place to be. All right? But we need to help one another. We need to help. Our spouses need to help us. We need to help one another instead of engage in it because it is very destructive. Your relationships get tense when you start to slander. Do you know that? You slander to your spouse about somebody. The more you do it, the more you start to destroy that oneness. You think it's increasing your oneness. It definitely isn't. It's decreasing it. It creates tension. Because within you, as a believer, you know this isn't right. So it puts you at variance. Right, let's move on. Let's look at Jesus now. John 12, 47, he says this. As for the person who hears my words but does not keep them. We know many people like that. This is what Jesus says. I do not judge him. What? I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world but to save it. There is a judge, it's God, for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. That very word which I spoke will condemn him at the last day. For I did not speak of my own accord, but the Father who sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. So Jesus, the sinless and perfect person in human form, perfect, did not judge. Those who did not listen to him, he did not judge. Think about it now. That is, that is probably the most profound statement. Because let me tell you, this world is built on people judging one another. And Jesus, the one that, if anybody could judge somebody else because of their superior position, sinless in every way as a human being, he had the right to do it. And yet Jesus never judged. He never took the position of God. It's profound. He respected the fact that God alone is judge. And that he was not called to take the judge's seat. 
So we have the judge. Every time you think about it, every time you think about judging yourself or anybody else, think about it and say, wait a minute, Jesus didn't even do that. I'm trying to get on the throne of the Father here. Because that's what we're doing. As soon as we enter into judgment, we're trying to take the Father's position. Because He alone is judge. He alone is judge. All right? We need to remove ourselves from the judge's seat. And I can tell you right now, we will feel a lot lighter and there will be more laughter. Do you know what it's like? You all do, because you've all taken the judge's seat regularly because you're a sinner. <laughs> do you know the weight that you take upon your shoulder when you enter into the judge's seat? It's profound, this. I, I want to tell you, this is profound. If you take this now and you implement it, it will have a dramatic effect on your life. Dramatic. There are so many of us that are carrying so many weights of judgment of people on us. And it's often not judgment of people that are far away, but those that are close by. The worry and the concern that you have is related to the fact that you're in the wrong seat. And the load is heavy. And you're wondering, why is the load heavy? Why is the load heavy with my children? Why is the load heavy with whoever you've judged? Because it's a heavy load. And God wants us to let it go. Let it go. It's not up to you. Remember, judgment comes from pride. And pride elevates ourselves to the position of God. And above those we are judging. That's why we do it. There's a subtle thing within us that feels like if I speak negatively about someone else, it makes me feel better about myself. Why does that? Because we're placing ourselves on God's seat. You see? So that's why it feels good. When somebody's put low, we feel like we're put up. It's why God calls us away from it. But it's an exacting price that you'll pay if you do it. So, how do we do this? Well, the most important thing that you can do is to know your scriptures and communicate only the Bible. As simple as that. When we speak scripture, we speak what is pure and it is the thing that will do the judging. It's very important. Jesus said this. I mean, Jesus, profound. He says, it's not me that's going to judge the person. It's going to be the words that I speak that judge the person. Because I'm not speaking them on my own. I've learned from God what to say and exactly how to say it and when to say it. That's what Jesus went he's throughout his ministry. That's what he did. He didn't just communicate. He communicated what was God's communication. And as long as he does that, he doesn't have to worry about whether the people listen to him or not. But what we do, oh no, we all do it, is we are very concerned that the person is going to hear what we say. And, and, and then we start to do the work that the word is supposed to do. And so we need to have like a, a, a way to help ourselves really in situations that we find ourselves. And, and I mean, I've been thinking about this a lot. Well, you know, I don't, want to, I don't want to be disloyal to God by not standing on the side of the judge. But how do I bring something across that is going to help, that is going to actually communicate the right thing. And I think that the way to do it is to, when, when you're in this kind of position, when you're with somebody, you don't want to judge them. You say, well, do you want my opinion or what the Bible says? You see, I can give you my opinion because opinion elevates man. But scripture elevates God. That's why you've got to know the scripture. 
It's not good enough to just know it a little bit. You must know it. You must know it. Because then you can communicate it. So you communicate it. Just say, hey, you know, it's not up to me. I remember hearing somebody, well-known preacher, and they were going for him related to marriage between, between men and women. They were going for it. And he said, listen, all I am is a person that delivers what the Bible says. Don't look at me. And I remember thinking of that, and I thought, that's quite interesting. Because basically he was relinquishing his responsibility to judge people. But yet, bringing the scripture, which will do the work. You see, now when people want us to change the scripture, we say, <laughs> we can't change the scripture to suit you. Because that leaves us in a position where we, then, then you might as well not have the scripture because you can change it whenever you like. But I, I can communicate. If you want my opinion, that's one thing. I can give you my opinion. But if you want the scripture, well, then I'll tell you what the scripture says. And if you've told a person what the scripture says, guess what? Leave it. There is your duty done. So if I've told somebody what sin is, I said the scripture says, you know, they ask me a particular sin. Let's say they're lying or whatever. And I said the Bible teaches us this. Do not lie. All right? Or whatever, it, whatever, that, whatever the truth may do. Repentance. Whatever, whatever truth the scripture communicates, know it. And then you communicate it. And once you've communicated, leave it. But they're not listening. It's their problem, not mine. But they are a believer. So what? Now, if you've done that, guess what? You're free to engage with the person in any way you like. Without feeling this compulsion to try to change them. Because it's not up to you to change them. Because you can't. Trust me, I've been doing this for a long time. You can change no one. Only God can change people. You know, you cannot make people do anything. So we've got to allow the scripture to do the work. All right? Remember, we communicate scripture not as a means of judgment, but as understanding truth. So it is also important the way that we communicate scripture so that it isn't done in a judgmental way, you know? And, and I, they, I feel like even as a preacher, I've tried to do that. As best I can say is, this is what the Bible teaches. But I'm not going to use it to try and judge you because God is the one that judges. He wants, us, he wants us to simply give the pure milk of the word. All right? My opinion on the word is immaterial as well. We want to communicate the word. Well, this is what the Bible says. All right? All right, that's what it says, and that's what I believe. Now, that's what's going to judge you at the end, not me. I've just simply communicated. So if we do this, we relinquish the judge's seat, and life will be lighter. You won't feel as intensely responsible as sometimes we do. And sometimes it's our responsibility, our sense of responsibility. And we're not realizing that our, that sense of responsibility is because we're sitting in the judge's seat instead of saying, this is not my position. You know, you don't want to be in God's seat. Because there's a terrible price to be paid for taking God's seat. We know over history of the last, since the 70s, when the worship of musicians began. Worship that was reserved for God and for Jesus. And many of those people enjoyed, they still enjoy it. And the whole entertainment industry enjoyed the worship of people. Do you know how destructive it was? Do you know how many of those musicians just bomb out? Going to all sorts of things. Why? Because they've taken the position of God. You don't want that. Not from the position of they very naughty that they've taken that. No, because that's going to destroy you. 
If we take the judge's seat, it will destroy us. It will not only destroy us, it will destroy the relationships we have with people and destroy the relationships we have with everybody around us. It will remove the peace that we have. It will increase our sense of responsibility that we have that is not ours to take. And we will be left heavier and more burdened than we actually should be. And this is what I really felt from this is, man, give the seat back to God. You'll be a lot happier and your relationships will be a lot better. Oh, my scripture reference previously was wrong. It was. Oh, so I didn't have the right scripture. Whoopsie daisy. Now we've gone off there. So find the right scripture for me so that I can just... Hey? John 12, 47 to 48. What did I have over there? Ah, I did a copy and paste and I didn't change it. Sorry. Thank you. Because I've got it here in my notes as John 12, 47. So I just didn't. Anyway. Don't judge me for that, hey? <laughs> because we will. You know, we're very perfectionistic in the way we do things, hey? Even for ourselves and when we make a mistake. Why didn't I check that? I thought I checked that. You know, you're texting something to somebody and then you think, yes, no, I didn't. That's a misspelling mistake. Now, what are they going to think of me? I st said there instead of they. What are they going to think of me? Why didn't I check my text? Let go. <laughs> we had somebody in the church that we knew before. That like he was very prophetic. But very, he was prophetic in that he didn't know what he was saying. And he'd bring up these situations. He'd bring up words or that would all of a sudden speak into the situation that would really ruffle feathers. But what he was saying was 100% correct. But he didn't even know that he was doing <laughs> And we were tempted to say to him, no, you know, maybe... I thought, you know, there's, no, there's nothing in it. Let's not judge it. God's using him. You know? I was like, great. Last scripture. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 5. Therefore judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait till the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men's hearts. At that time, each will receive his praise from God. Perhaps the most difficult thing we find to do is to let God do the judging and bring things to light. I know that that's what I found. I found over the years of being a Christian is that I want to bring everything to the light. Straight away. Oh, that's in darkness. Let's bring it to the light. Let's expose it. What I found is that you can't do that. You've got to let God do it. And it will come in time. Trust me. You know, God is not slow. He's just patient. He's not slow, but He's patient. The Bible says He's patient. doesn't want anybody to perish. Now, we've got to be aware of that because He's patient with us. So there's some stuff that is going to be, He's going to sort out if we don't sort it out ourselves. It's going to happen. So don't just trust in patience <laughs> because... All of a sudden, God acts, you know, but let him be the one that acts. It's a funny thing. I've had to learn that quite often, is that God will bring it to light, you know. It'll bring, he'll bring it to light at the end, but certainly he brings to light things that, we, that we, we, we should just let go. It'll come out. Don't worry. Don't take that responsibility, all right? Does it in his time. We don't know the underlying motive of men's hearts, so let's leave it alone for God to bring it to light. We can spend too much time worrying about people and their condition. Let God worry about people. Let's not take His place. We will be lighter. Our relationships will be better. And I really feel that. I feel like this is a very important thing to actually get right. Because I feel like it's easy to get stuck into this, in this place. And it's the issue of 
you know, standing with God instead of being in the place of God. It's a subtle thing. You know, we don't want to be disloyal to God by saying to people it's okay to do things that it's not okay. But we also don't want to, once they know the truth, that's it. If you've told somebody this is a truth, if you say Jesus is the only way to heaven, all right, then no one comes to the Father except through Him, and the person rejects it, you've done your job. You don't have to try anymore. Hammer it in. You don't have to try and make the person believe. If a person is in sin, they ask you or it comes up and you say, well, this is what the scripture says, and they don't turn, leave it. Don't worry about it. Oh, but you know, they didn't listen to what I say. Maybe if I say it to them this way or that way, or give them a bit of an illustration, maybe I can get a friend to come and tell them the same thing because maybe they can't hear it from me. That's just man, human thinking. If person hears it from your mouth or somebody else's mouth, it doesn't make any difference. They've heard it. And if they're going to turn, they will turn. Whether they hear it from your mouth or from somebody else's mouth, it doesn't matter. So you don't leave it. Give it over and then let go. Because I believe that a lot of us are bound in condemnation because we're judging. We're sitting in the, in the Lord's seat. And God wants to deliver us from that. Some of you here have been living in this place. You probably haven't been aware of it. And hopefully today you've started to think, wait a minute, maybe I've been in the judge's seat. I better get out of there. Because I, you know, maybe some of these relationships and these relational difficulties that I have is because I've been in the father's seat. And you say, right today, I'm getting out of there. I'm going to hand over to Prince now so that he can lead a time of ministry because perhaps you're in that place and God wants you to be free. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, I am just so humbled in my heart here. Um, this is a word that touches everybody, I'm sure. <laughs> it touches us, you know. Because even just as couples at times, we just sit down and we talk about people. You know, um, not bad, not like oh, we don't mean to be mad with them or be evil, but we're just talking about people, you know, discussing them. We're we analyzing, the, just kind of analyzing the situation, you know. And we're, we're but like, at, like Eric says, at the end of it, you just feel hmm, maybe you talk too much about them. <laughs> maybe it wasn't out of love. If you had spent a little bit more time praying for them than how much you talk for them, then talked about them, then there will be a little bit more difference in their life. I want us to just reflect and just say, God, be honest with yourself. Say, Lord, I forgive me, you know, just forgive me for trying to take your seat. Uh, forgive me, Lord, I choose not to take your seat today, but to stand with you. you know. uh, just just speak. And if you look at the life of Jesus, he was never that kind of judge. Even when, when, they, when they got to trying to stone that uh, adulteress, you saw what he did. He says, if any of you have never sinned before, go ahead and cast the first stone. And nobody could throw anything. You know? God wants to bring us to a place where we don't see scandal in the lives of people. We become like we could look at people and see beyond the scandal and see the grace of God and the mercy of God over their lives. That's what God wants to use us for. We could look at people and truly love them. Love them in spite <laughs> of what they've done, in spite of what your physical eye sees. You love them because they are people that God loves. It doesn't stop you from, like, you know. It doesn't stop you from sharing what the Lord is leading to you to share or sh sharing scriptures with you, but it takes away that weight of judgment. Help us, Lord, as a church. Because I know in this new year, especially given the things you want to do with us, oh God, given all that you want to do with us, you don't want this hanging over us. 
You don't want people unable to experience the fullness of your blessings just because they are always condemning other people. Just because if we've meted out things, now it's come back to us, oh God, and we can move ahead. If anybody needs prayer, if you need us to pray with you, and like I said, this is not something that every that like it could be in different areas. But if, if you sense that you want a release, I just want you to come forward. We will we will just pray with you and uh, we will agree with you. I just sense that God wants to free people in this place. God wants you free, free completely. Maybe some of the judgments you are experiencing right now in your life is as a result of the judgments you have meted out on other people. And you can recognize it because you can see some of the things you are experiencing are things that you've always been kind of chipping about people constantly. I want you to just uh, reach out so that God can set you free today. So we can be free. Sometimes it might not necessarily even be what you've been talking about it could be some other things that has come as a result of that i just really would like you if you need ministry i just want you to come forward if you don't want to come for if you if you don't feel like coming forward now please reach us reach to us after now and say i have been doing this and i really want god to set me free in this area and trust me nobody's going to condemn you nobody's going to look at you differently Thank you, dear Lord. What I want to do is maybe just if we could stand, if you're feeling that. And the real particular thing that I felt is if you've judged yourself. We think it's okay to judge ourselves. But it is as bad as judging someone else. So I really had that sense within me when I was preparing that there are people here that have called themselves stupid, called themselves idiot, called themselves whatever. They've pronounced judgment over themselves and you need to ask for forgiveness and repent of it. So it's not a case of just saying, oh, well, it's a case of repenting of it. It's just, so I just really feel that God wants to release. So just if you, if you feel where you are, just stand where you are because we're going to pray. I'm going to pray a general prayer over you, you know, and just, just for release, you know, if you've, if you've made those judgments just really feel that there must be a release there must be a release really a release i just really feel just to take the weight off your shoulder everybody belongs to god including yourself you don't have to condemn anybody you don't have to condemn anybody you don't even have to you don't condemn yourself firstly God is your judge. He will bring to light what needs to be brought to light in your life. I know some of you here are pursuing things. You're saying, is it this that's the wrong? Or is it that that's wrong? Or is it this? And you're concentrating. You're concentrating on the legalism of the law in order to try and get right. And I feel like the Lord's saying, stop it. I will show you what needs to be done. All you have to do is say simple prayer. Lord God, if there's anything in my life, I just pray that you show me. And now I'm going to leave it. I'm not going to ask you tomorrow or the next day. I'm going to trust that you will show it to me. And Lord, we know we can't take away any of the things that we've said. It's almost like they've spoken. In. But we ask you to forgive us, Lord, because we know that every foolish thing that we've said, we'll have to give an account for on that day. And, 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 and Lord God, we want it to be under the blood. So we, 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 Lord, I just, we pray right now in Jesus' name that you remove the th stupid, the things that we've said. Those foolish things we've said. Those things that we have made, those judgments that we've said. We say, Lord God, remove them. Remove them. Remove them. Remove them. I'm sorry for them, Lord Jesus. Forgive me for speaking against this person and that voice forgive me speaking against our prime minister forgive me speaking against america's president or the opposition's president uh, uh, leaders or whatever forgive me 
Lord God. You are the judge and you hold every person's in your hands. We don't have to worry about anything. It doesn't matter to us. We, we pray for a righteous government, but whoever's in government, it doesn't phase us, Lord. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. In your economy, it doesn't matter because we sent you for a much greater purpose to win the lost. So I pray you release us all, Lord. Just release. Just feel like the Lord releasing us. Just release. Just allow the Lord to release you. Release you in Jesus' name. Lord, let the peace of God come upon you. Let the peace of God come on you. So now God's, I, I just speak God's forgiveness over you. So it just it's cast aside every single thing that you've said. What a wonderful Savior we have we spoke about. By His blood we set free from all the sin, the sins of our hearts, the sins of our mouths. Jesus stands before the Father continually, Lord, to, oh, His blood. His blood that is shed has forgiven us our sins and freed us, freed us from the, th the sinful ways we have. And now, Lord God, we commit ourselves to walk in your ways, to walk in a place that we don't judge. We relinquish that judgment, Lord. Relinquish it. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Lord, I just prophesy to everybody here, I declare in the name of Jesus, we are a people that walk in boldness. We are a people that do not sit in the seat of the judge. I prophesy that we are free. Yes. I declare freedom in this place. Yes. I declare freedom. You are free in the name of Jesus. Yes. From today, you are free. This is no longer a problem for us. We walk in boldness in this year. Our mouths will speak grace. Grace will always come from our mouths. Grace to heal grace to deliver grace to restore grace to bring wholeness grace to bring peace into the lives of people that hear us lord from our mouth we comfort sweetness and honey and when it comes it will bind the brokenhearted we will be known as a people of peace and a people of excellence people that carry the name of the king jesus this year is a year of victory, I declare in the name of Jesus. That we will not be people that struggle with self-esteem. This year I declare that every words of self-condemnation be broken. That power, that revolving door that we always keep finding ourselves, you know, obsessing about the past. We declare this year you are free in the name of Jesus. We send the word of God to you and we declare you free in Jesus' name. Can we say amen? Amen. The last challenge, when somebody comes to you, even if it's your spouse, after hearing this message, and they bring slander, just say this one question. Are you taking the judge's seat? <laughs> challenge one another with those words are you taking have you taken the judge's seat so that it will arrest us so that we can walk free amen, amen. thanks